0: Listening to the Outspoken Bible, a podcast from Scottish Bible Society with Fiona Stewart, Neil Glover, and Jen Robertson. Welcome to season four, episode two of the Outspoken Bible. I am, of course, Fiona Stewart, and I'm joined, of course, by Neil Glover and Jen Robertson. Hello to you both. Hello. Hi. Jen, you always sound slightly hesitant in your hello.
1: Well, I, I've noticed I, I, that before. I'm hesitant because I know Neil will probably get in quite quick. So if I go for it, we'll just end up saying hi at the same time. So I try and wait for him oh, no. to speak. I wouldn't yeah. do that all through the podcast, of course, because then I'd never speak. That's true. <laughs> oh, we're getting feisty already this morning. Maybe I need to start by saying, hello, Neil.
2: Hello, Jen. And anyway, la- la- later on, it's like you're going to ask a question and me and Jen are just going to like, post, pause, post, pause, pause. pause, 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 pause,
0: pause. <laughs> I know. <laughs> i also enjoy sometimes when i ask a question some of you put your hands up to answer so i always enjoy that if you want to come in exactly you, you told us, us to do that i well i did if you wanted to, yes exactly you don't have to though but anyway
2: the other day where people were putting their you know that icon that you can put your yeah. your hand up for and people were just ignoring them I was so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> they were being so well behaved <laughs>
0: very funny anyhow hello to you both uh, now we have not had any correspondence this time because oh. but that is because well it's because the last episode uh, which for us probably feels a long time ago at time of recording we haven't actually dropped it yet as we say in the podcast industry so i'm fully expecting that by the time we next speak we're going to have a flurry of emails and Did messages we not and- have one from canada Yes, but the, what I'm saying is that where we talked about it, the episode where we talked about it has not yet I been see, in the I see, sorry, domain. right,
2: I understand. Yes. yes, so we have
0: talked about that, and uh, that will be on last time. We're getting into that whole past, present, future thing that's very confusing in this world. Um, so next time, we are hoping there's going to be lots of emails and messages, Um, you know, maybe finding out where people are listening. I'm hoping there might be a few further funny anecdotes about Nigel Pollock because, you know, that seems to... <laughs> Be a thread that um, yes provokes, if anybody has any nigel honest.
2: pollock stories we should say who nigel pollock is
0: well we did last time neil that's the point no, we
2: didn't we didn't fully say who he was <laughs> nigel nigel was a uccf worker in the 1990s in scotland but has since lived in new zealand and canada is that right
0: well well why does it why don't we leave it to nigel to to, to contact mm-hmm. us and tell us what he's doing he's, he's in canada isn't he? he's working um, is it for i but, I, you see, this is why I didn't want to get into this. I know, I know, I know. entirely clear. <laughs> Just <want> to <laughs> but his wife, we... Elsa, who messaged last time, he's going to be falling over because we're mentioning her every time. She messaged in last time. Oh, gosh, right. But okay, so ruined, anyway, That's
2: ruined the surprise now, hasn't it? <laughs> it
0: really has. All right, so if you would like to write to us, then remember you can do that by contacting Outspoken at scottishbiblesociety.org. Please do let us know how you're getting on and, and do talk to us about the reading as well as funny anecdotes about people that you know, you may or may not know. Now, today we're going to be talking about John chapter 1, the rest of John chapter 1. So if you are reading with us, that's from verse 19 through to the end. But of course, if you're reading reading our Light and Life magazine, then there are no verses in that. So we're picking up the narrative from the bottom of page 5 and reading through uh, page 6. Don't forget, if you want to order some of those for your church or for your friends or just for yourself, you can get those from scottish.bible forward slash Light and. Life. So that's Scottish.bible forward slash light and life. Now, before though we get to any of that, it is time for <laughs> Glovers Off.
2: Glovers Off this week is inspired by my visit to the Bredalbin Bakery, which is our local bakery a few days ago. They had been open. they'd been shut rather for quite a lot of the holiday period, and they they opened a week past monday i think it was and i was really really excited because i was going to get they make fabulous bread really really beautiful bread and i went in think about half past 11 in the morning nothing left everybody (laughs) in aberfeldy had obviously and beyond had obviously decided that we, we couldn't hold out any longer for their bread and so bread is the subject of glovers off today because i think it's one of these things that until you miss it you don't realize how much you miss it it's just stunning stuff, and, and similarly, I never ever would want to get to a place where I just took bread for granted. It's it's commonplace, but it is utterly beautiful. And I wondered for the two of you, what's your favourite kinds of bread?
1: Yeah, I think I've, I vary week to week on my favourite bread because it's quite wide wide ranging. Does a fruit loaf count? Yeah, yeah, the fruit loaf that you get, that you can put in the toaster.
2: Oh yeah. Not, not Ooh, a fruit yes. loaf like
1: you bake in the oven, but like wee fruit loaf you get and you toast them and they've got cinnamon and raisins in them. So at the moment, that's my favourite bread because I went down to see a friend in Cambridge and she had that fruit loaf. So now I've been eating it since I came back. So at the moment, I'm enjoying toasted fruit loaf. Cinnamon toast, delicious. Mm. I mean, I, I would enjoy savoury bread.
2: Yes. I, I
0: think I would always choose a every bit of a cat chair or something like that. Oh gorgeous. Or olive bread or something. I don't know. Actually, we always record on a Thursday morning and during the you know, the really tight lockdown when you could hardly go out, one of my things was that Thursday always felt like a really long day. And so after we recorded I used to always go down to the bakers at the end of the road and buy a nice loaf of bread. Oh. It's, I mean good, good we're, artisanal we're, bakers round here.
2: Artisanal is good. <laughs> yes. yeah, I know. It's like, you get artisanal <laughs> bakers and artisanal potteries, don't you? Do, do you get anything else that's artisanal? um the, the reason I, I choose it is because, of course, in John's gospel, Jesus calls himself the bread of life, and there's something there's that, that, that something about bread that isn't made worse by being common. It, 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 re, it retains its necessity, it retains its beauty, it retains our love. And there's something about Jesus being all pervasive and yet still utterly beautiful. So I think that would be the, the first thing I wanted to say about bread. The second thing is just a little bit of a coincidence, but it's something I've thought about an awful lot. I've got a friend who went to France once and got a bread basket from France and put it on their kitchen table. And can you, you might be able to work out in advance why was the reason it could no longer stay. The answer is because the French word for, for bread is pain. Spelt P A I N, but of course, any time that anybody came into their house to look at their bread on their table, it just it just said pain. <laughs> and um, the, but I've often thought about that coincidence, uh, and this probably gets a little bit more deeper. But very often, moments of pain that I've uh, I've had or, or deep pain, have often also been bred as well. That uh, that that pain can sometimes, and I, I, we've got to be careful how we say this, but. Pain can sometimes also be the thing that nourishes us and in the end gives us life and lets us live. Mm -hmm. So uh, Glover's Off uh, today is bread, whether it's focaccia, whether it's an Aberdeen buttery or a Selkirk bannock, uh, a baguette, a fruit loaf, um, or my favourite ever bread, which is an Indian bread called barota. Uh, Whatever it is, uh, I hope uh, wherever you're listening, you enjoy. uh, Or gluten-free bread, wherever you are, that you enjoy your bread.
0: Lovely, you made me feel a bit hungry and it Also, made me want to go and make yes. bread because that oh. was a you know standard lockdown thing. You know,
2: do you have a bread maker or do you? Do no,
0: no, I make it from scratch. And from scratch. Do, it was, I actually did find it very therapeutic the kneading process because you need it for 12 15 minutes, and that was quite a there's,
2: good, there's a mindful in activity where they where they need and that's how they meet, they all make
0: bread. Yes, yes, I've heard of that. Yes, I've got a book about that, I think somewhere. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much. That's super. Um, we are, which then makes me think of soup and bread. But anyway, that's that's total aside. Oh, there's uh, another thing we can do about soup.
2: Let's do soup oh, next time.
0: Right, next time. Maybe that's something to look forward to. <laughs> Just, we can transition, uh, uh, glovers off into a food section. Um, <laughs> recipe of the week. Anyway, so we're moving on to look at the rest of John chapter one this morning from 19. So we we have a real shift in tone, don't we? From what. Last week was uh, fairly cosmic and uh, theological and ethereal and uh, setting the tone for what was lying ahead. And, and we're now down into the groundedness of the beginning of, of Jesus' ministry and obviously starting with John the Baptist. So, Jen, do you want to kick us off with, with how you got on with making that link from prologue into the day-to-day? You like a bit of earthiness, don't you?
1: <laughs> I do. It was It was great. And it was lovely to have recorded a podcast where I'd said, I'm going to try and do something. And I actually did it. So when I was reading this second bit of the first chapter of John, I really, I, I did look and see how, how does this con- connect with this big first 18 verses that this a big picture of, of what, who Jesus is and what he's going to do. And so I, I read it, it, it did feel like I was reading it fresh, uh, even though I've read it often before. And, and so you start, I started off with John the Baptist in that sense of him being this is him actually doing that testifying thing that's in the first few verses and he's doing it so well, you know, he's not backing down under pressure. He just keeps talking about Jesus and pointing to Jesus. And what a brilliant example of a leader he is, um, because it's not about him. It's all about Jesus. And he's even willing to send his followers on. And then you move in to Jesus uh, speaking to these four disciples in, in very individual ways and, he knows nathaniel because he was under the tree and he says what peter is going to be and he he goes to philip maybe philip's more reticent i don't know um and then there's andrew and the other disciple who who are behind him and he turns and speaks to them and a a beautiful afternoon i imagine they had together of being in the house and sitting and eating maybe they had some great bread hope so yeah so it's lots of earthiness and the beautiful ending as well which hopefully we can talk about when jesus says about you're going to see angels going up and down the reference back to jacob's ladder
0: in genesis it's great stuff let's start by talking about john the baptist then before before we then talk about these these other encounters we know john the baptist's backstory well if we've read the other gospels we know john the baptist's backstory yes. if you've read luke you know that he's elizabeth and zechariah's son or you know and you know how that's all come about in in you know from the, the beginning it was quite clear that john the baptist was going to have a a ministry that was that was different Um, but what struck me reading reading this was that he just sort of appears in the scene we hear about him in the prologue and then suddenly we meet him and he is a peculiar character isn't he
2: yes he has this kind of stark authenticity to him and he's almost he almost attracts people by repelling them it's this this (laughs) curious paradox um but but i think people see in him don't they that Yes, he's, he's done away with the ordinary things of life, ordinary clothes, ordinary diet, but he also has found something which is utterly true and people will be prepared to get rid of everything if they can find the real truth. It reminds me of Kevin of Glendalough that we talked about in the last um, episode, the Irish uh, saint who lived a, a stark life but drew followers to him because people were attracted to this. So there's something that deep in their souls that people recognize as being truthful about about john uh, which I, f- I find yeah really really compelling
0: something i read it was last week we talked about the the bible speaks today commentary and something i read there which i'd never really thought about was how john the baptist would have been i keep calling him john the baptist to distinguish him from john the writer of the <laughs> yeah, gospel yeah. Um, but how john would have um, been viewed by the religious authorities i'd never really thought that through that he was quite unorthodox wasn't mm. he so there would have been a suspicion about what he was doing in this baptizing people at the Jordan, and
2: yeah, there's nothing like that in the Old Testament. The closest that you do get is Elijah with the camel here um, in a, in the Old Testament, who lives out in the desert. So I think he is a kind of well, he is an Elijah figure. In fact, Jesus at one point says of him, "Elijah has already come." Um, yes, the, there's, but it's that it it speaks, I think, to what our true hunger is. What what do we really really need? And the, the thing that we really need is is an encounter with Christ. But often what John says is is mediated through someone else pointing. And for me, John points or John holds for for all of us. And I, I don't know who these people, Well, I do know a little bit about who those people are for you. But these people who had something and then pointed us to Christ, for me, it was a rock climbing instructor called Rick McDonald. It would later on be people like Laura McGray and, and John Bell. Um who, who pointed me uh, to Christ but the, the key thing with all of these people is you have to get to a point which John gets John the writer gets to hear which is to say but you are not the Christ and that there's a there's a little um, there's a, a string of thought that suggests perhaps that part of John's gospel was written to address some disciples of John who had not followed mm-hmm. Jesus but carried on following John. And it was to say to him, even John himself would want you to transfer uh, to the light, uh, to the true light. And I, I don't know, for you, have there have there been people who have pointed you to to Christ, but there came a point also where you had to realise they weren't Jesus?
1: Yes, I think there's it could say it was growing up, but it's growing up in faith. And if you, so I would mention people like David Geddes and, Neil Hopper, some people mm. might know David Geddes I don't think many people will know Neil Hopper I remember Neil Hopper He used to play for Queen's Park football team yeah.
0: um,
1: and he, he was the first person I really heard, after my dad talking about Jesus as if he was his friend, so he was really quite like John the Baptist, it was all about Jesus and I thought, my goodness, you you know that you really know Jesus, I, I don't know Jesus Um, but then it, as you continue in a relationship with these people, you just, part of it is discovering that they're fallible, just like you, mm. and and if you don't make, if you don't realise that, then you're in real risk of being hugely disappointed when they fall, because they will fall, yeah. as we all fall. Yes. So I think it's a really important thing to do, and I, had, I hadn't really thought about that in relation to John, and and what you said, Neil, about this being written to help people make that move. You you can see it because there's so much emphasis on his him testifying about jesus but I, mean, I hadn't mm. noticed before that it's him that tells the people what happened at the baptism we're not yes. we're not it's not a narrative mm. about yeah. the baptism happening of jesus it's he says this is what i saw i saw heaven open i saw the dove coming down I, i'd never th- I hadn't thought about that before when i've read these verses in john you know, yeah so i think there's a really important thing that we move away from other people to our own relationship with
0: jesus yeah and i guess you have to set that against the you know follow me as i follow christ Mm. Mm -hmm. instruction as well so there is something isn't there about how we model something to to those who come after us i was i was thinking i i would also identify people um at a formative stage and and one one of whom is is jeremy middleton who was our minister but also Anne allen who led the youth group Mm. in my church and it struck me just as you two were saying you both you both picked males and I, I, wonder if there's more of a danger. Mm. Don't know. If, I don't know if what I'm saying is about to say is right. Is it? Is it, is it? Is it easier to to separate females who point us to Jesus uh, than it yeah. is for males because of, because of the male nature of who Jesus was? I don't know.
2: Yeah, potentially. Yeah,
0: it's an interesting one. That isn't it? Because I suppose it. Yeah,
1: it's also a reflection of the era that I grew well, up yes. in.
0: Yes, indeed. Yeah. Yes, that's very true. Unfortunately, yes, <laughs> it? yes exactly. And was some that, of it sorry, is... was that
2: the same Anne Allen who married Martin?
0: No, different Anne Allen. Uh, there are many.
2: There are many Anne no, Allens. No,
0: there are two. <laughs> <laughs> Anne Allen of Davidson's means. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Maybe I'm taking us down a bit of a rabbit hole there because I suppose it's, it's also personality dependent, isn't it? And I, I think there is a there's a warning to mm-hmm. those of us who are in any form of leadership always to 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 do the John the Baptist thing.
2: Yeah, we, we can, I suppose it's one of these things that's very easy to spot when other people are doing it. You can, we, we've all been around people who are disciples of strong Christian leaders and you go, ah, look, you're just copying so-and-so. Uh, but yeah, when, when do we do it? You know, we need people to, to point that out.
0: Yeah, yeah. So John John comes in, he talks about Jesus as the Lamb of God. Do we want to talk a little bit about, and that's a phrase we've not heard in the, in the prologue.
2: Yes. I, I love this. So there's two things I love about this. Well, partly I mean this is probably. Do you know the in the in the mass the the Latin mass the Agnes day, uh, uh, picata Mundi, uh, Agnes day picata. Um the Lamb of God Pecata, takes away the sun in the world. Yeah. Um, so I, I have occasionally sung some very beautiful Agnes days. The group I was in slightly referred to them as Big Aggie. Um, they, big agnes it's a
0: problem with, it's a problem with choirs they're very irreverent
2: yeah i know they need their own <laughs> jokes don't they um but yes uh, so i i love the fact that um, john recognizes incredible depth of of not just saying christ is the light or, or he is the one who to come that he says behold the lamb of god who takes away the sin of the world now, people have debated about what the what the lamb here can mean. Does it refer to a passage in Isaiah? Does it refer to the lamb in, in Revelation? I think there are links with that. Is it the lamb whom God provides in uh, the end of the Abraham story? Remember when he t- goes up the mountain with Isaac and Isaac says, where will the ram come from? And then they see it, um, although I think that's a ram rather than a lamb. Um, I, I think there's only one possible contender for me, which is that uh, Jesus... Uh, uniquely in John's gospel, is portrayed as being put to death at the same point as the Passover lambs are are killed, which is called the day of preparation. And I think for me, it's it's an insight that John has into Jesus' death I also think there's something very interesting. He says, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He doesn't say the Lamb of God who will take away. Now, some commentators argue that that's the sense that we should take away from it. But I prefer the more literal meaning, which is simply to say that Jesus in his very being, yes, the cross, which is the fulfillment and climax and the point of which Jesus will say it is finished, but also in meeting with people and eating bread with them and going to their homes, in that act, Jesus is also redeeming and taking away the sin
0: of the world. There's a pause, because I find that really interesting. I've never
1: thought, read, heard that. That's so interesting. And I think in the in the NIV, I don't think, I'm reading it here, it just says, Luke, the Lamb of God. It doesn't say who takes away the sin of the world. In... It so yeah, it does, after. Does
0: it? Well, I, I don't know no, there's I'm the, two mentions.
2: Lecture. So in 136, he says, "Look, here is the Lamb of God." But there's a second mention where he says who takes. it It's lead.
0: before that, yes. Sorry, because I'm looking like, like there's sorry, there's no verses. <laughs> it's
1: hard to get a hold of it.
0: Uh, I make my my actual Bible as
1: we all now. Yeah, exactly.
0: I read
2: the commentary. On this
1: yeah, one. there it is. It's very. It's 29. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yes. So he says it twice. Yeah, that's
1: right. but in, in the second one, I mean, as you're saying, Neil, it's like he is—he just is. Uh-huh. It's not because of what he does. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah, that I mean that, and that is you. That is fascinating, isn't it? In the, in the in in very essence, he's the Lamb of God. We could talk about that all day. Well, I could talk about that. Well, I could think about that all day. Well, so tell tell talk me, about, it about, you're because about
2: that because I, I, So you're obviously very. So what what is it that's, that you Well, I,
0: so so I I think. Let me just try and get my thoughts in order. I think when I th- traditionally, when I think of the Lamb of God, I I very much associate it with the Passover, Him with the Passover, and with the sacrifice and the action of yeah. the Passover, because yeah. that's the significance of the Lamb, isn't it? That the, the blood of the Lamb, the Lamb dies in order that the blood of the Lamb is painted on the doorpost, so that the the the, um, uh, the angel of death will, will pass over. So I think I have always associated the phrase "Lamb of God" with a with a, an event. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So, so it, it's a it's a bit of a, a paradigm shift. Then, oh, hang on, no, it's about the essence of who who he is.
2: Yes, it's the whole act of Christ.
0: Yes, yes, which doesn't negate the work of the cross. No, no, does what he does. The action it. is still part of yeah. of who he is. Hmm. In fact, if anything, maybe it does. It elevate the work of the cross to being. A part of the essence of who Christ is mm-hmm. yeah, and who yeah. what He has come to do; yeah,
2: I think these so. things
0: are inseparable. I don't know. I, I mean, I'm I'm just processing, but that's why I'm finding it interesting to think about. Sorry, Jen, you were waving. <laughs> you no,
1: <know>, it was <laughs> uh, just as well people can't see us. Um, <laughs> we do have an tr- option, by the way. We could record the video. It could be an exit anyway, no, of... <laughs> no, please don't do that. Is it true <laughs> that um, I, I looked into this a wee bit? That near lots of paintings of John the Baptist. Always inc- over the centuries, always include a lamb. Not all of them, oh, I don't think. Is that right? But all, there's a lamb, yeah. and I just think I w- I hope it'll be mean, amazing for John for John for John mm-hmm. to be remembered. Whenever somebody painted him, they put in the lamb because they knew that's what he was all about. And I, I, I still, I think I mentioned this in the last podcast that the fact that he is Jesus' cousin is just and he and he sees him coming along. He's like, "There's the lamb of God." That's incredible insight and awareness.
0: Of who Jesus is uh, and interestingly it doesn't he doesn't explain it
2: no <laughs> so no he, he doesn't, doesn't say, yeah. you know
0: I'm just struck by you saying that Jen he doesn't say there's the Lamb of God who takes away the son of the, the the sins of the world oh and it's my cousin Jesus do, do you know he, he doesn't seek to and, and actually something I read about John which I, again I thought was interesting was that he it's very hard to find out anything about John in his character because all we have is his words hmm. and the description and his description of what, what happens to Jesus, um, it is very much yeah. not about him, isn't it?
1: And and when the disciples hear him saying that, it's when they follow Jesus. Now, I presume, you're saying you know, he didn't explain it, but he spent time with these guys for I don't know how long. So he's maybe been, he will have been talking to them about it, I presume, before in previous conversations. So they know this is the moment. It's, it, he's, it's, it's a real sense of, often in our lives we we when well, maybe not often sometimes we feel this is a significant moment that we're in and we, we need to do and say the right thing right now mm-hmm. and if we don't it could be problematic and there's a sense of this that this is the moment for John and all that all his life's been building up to this
0: yes uh, yes and and then there's a poignancy to that as well isn't it because we, we obviously know that he he this is the high point and and John does not last much longer does he in earthly terms
2: there's something as well that i'm more and more coming to the view that the the greatest truths are always expressed in paradox and I, i think john expresses a paradox for us which is about how we live ourselves i think there is a part of the christian life in which we have to fully occupy ourselves and fully be ourselves we have to be our true selves and we have to love ourselves uh, I I've, I've once for a long time I moved away from that John Stott was very dismissive of any interpretation that you said you loved yourself but I've come back to that we we have how can we not love that which God loves but at the same time we also have to completely empty ourselves we have to completely be for for the other and those two tensions have to exist within us and we have to be both fully ourselves and occupying ourselves and then fully emptying ourselves and john points us to that need to empty in order that christ christ can become more yeah i think for those of us who are in full time christian work for me a minister um, It's very easy to hide behind the religious language and the role and say, oh, we're doing it all for God. But very often we are doing it for ourselves, if we're being honest, our own egos, our own sense of accomplishment. John constantly is asking me the question, um, are you really pointing to Christ? Are you really prepared to give all of this up uh, that Christ can be honoured? Fiona, I don't know if you watched it, Jen, or not. If Fiona had pointed us towards that Rubens, uh, the the pod, the podcast about the Rubens picture of John the Baptist and the beheading of John the Baptist, and the it's a fantastic uh, program. I, I loved doing it. Did, you,
0: did we talk about that in the recording? Because if not, I'll, I'll I'll put a link to it anyway in the show notes. But you, I think yeah. we have. Talked I can't about, remember whether we talked about it offline, but yeah, uh-huh. I think
2: we have talked, haven't we? Mm-hmm. But the, the moving the, pictures, it's called. Yeah, it it what did you say? Moving pictures. I think it's
0: moving pictures, isn't it? Um, Talking pictures.
2: But it, it says this is. I'll a, look it up. <laughs> this is a painting which asks us a question: Will you become Herod in the life of decadence, or Herodias, or so on, or will you become John? Actually, I think there's a third way, which is to follow Christ in a, in in essence. Because I think sometimes even John, I think we did talk about this, was outside the kingdom, but but I think what John does say to us is: Are you pointing to Christ? Are you pointing to Christ?
0: it's called moving pictures and mm-hmm. it's on BBC
1: sounds um we'll put a link to that that episode um. and I think that thing you, you're you saying it's easy I, I'm very aware in the in the ministry I'm involved in, in my local church where I've been doing things for a long time and I can get the attitude that I can do this well and I think it's part of my generation as well you know we just keep doing things mm-hmm. but that looking ahead and who's going to take over and constantly bringing people in if we can which is very hard because not that many people anymore but i need to really really be aware of that more and more and and not just doing things but bringing people into the doing although because that's it's a very practical outworking of what john's doing as well that he, he needs to point them to jesus but we need to also point people to be doing the ministry that we're doing you know, particularly, well, I'm in my 50s, you know, I I can't just keep doing what I've been doing. I'll fail And what because it's not about me. It's it's part of that as well, isn't it? Knowing that you need to pass things on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The the other thing I was thinking about, and I'm I'm sure we'll talk about this when we we get to it, but when just this whole conversation is making me think about John 13 and Jesus washing the disciples' feet, because there's that verse, isn't it, that talks about knowing who he was, he then washed their feet and that 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 speaks to that i think isn't it the 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 confidence of knowing yourself loving yourself um but also choosing to to um serve others and and love others in that but i'm sure as i say we'll come back to that i'm sure we, we get to that chapter so can we visit this slightly troublesome well it's not troublesome but it could be troublesome I think if it's misinterpreted a reference to the Jews or the Jewish authorities or the Jewish leaders depends what your your version says so again we're, we're still in the in the the section on John the Baptist um and it in verse 19 so in, in the NIV which I'm reading for it says now this was John's testimony when the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem sent priests and levites to ask him who he was um and then it goes on to give his testimony. But Neil, you were talking before we began about how that that can be troublesome, or has led to to troublesome interaction with it.
2: Yeah. So the 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 blanket phrase of the Jews, which is all not quite always, but almost always used in a very negative sense in John's Gospel as the people who are hostile to Jesus. That that has gone down the centuries. And has then become has fed anti-Semitism that people have talked about the Jews, the Christ killers, and all sorts of rumours that you know Passover was about involving the sacrifice of a blood of a Christian child and so on. Curiously, the the one group who never did this were the Puritans. They they were always very very um, positive about the Jews, and when Oliver Cromwell. Uh, took over as uh, Lord Protector uh, in that period of English history, that was remembered by Jewish people as a time of um, of great kind of uh, just relief and of peace in the way that they were they were ca- cared for. But I, I mean, there's so much more that can be said on this, uh, particularly we're recording this, I hope it's okay to say, on a Holocaust Memorial Day, I'm very, very yeah. conscious of that. Um, it was no accident that um, the The Holocaust it happened in the countries which had been influenced by certain parts of the Protestant Reformation. That, that some of the things which were written stayed in the culture and and came out with the anti-Semitism of the Nazis. I think the only thing we can we we can say is that where the John's Gospel uses the phrases phrase the Jews, it is simply a term which is being used to talk about those particular Jewish leaders, and it normally is Jewish leaders, who were hostile to Jesus and his followers in their approach, and it would be wrong to then take that word and then apply it to all people who are Jewish, and we have to be very careful of that happening, but also to be humble and repentant that at times the Christian church has not done that and a, we have seen anti-Semitism and persecution of Jewish people as a result.
1: Can Can I ask you a practical question, Neil, with what you've just said about the, the reference to Jews in John's Gospel and elsewhere? And is it what? How can we how can we talk about these parts of the Bible well? What advice would you give when we're talking about these parts so that we don't mm-hmm. we don't get it wrong? I think I think it's I, just I'd the,
0: second that question. I'd like to know the answer to that too. I mean, I think probably I don't have much beyond.
2: Um, knowing the history of it and knowing what it takes is, I think ultimately, and I'm at fault here, um, I think we have to make sure that we are in conversation with people who are Jewish, uh, who who, who can speak to us in these ways. (laughs) One of my favourite books is by a man called Robert Jensen, and it's clear that he's constantly talking with rabbis about the text, and I think there's something about... Asking a particular rabbis, you know, how how does this text speak to you?
0: Uh huh. I, I I certainly feel in my head. I think I think what happens is when you've grown up in church circles, and you're familiar with some of these writings. When I when I would read that as the Jews, I would dissociate that in in my thinking from any understanding I have of contemporary Judaism or my my thoughts around anti-Semitism, which I feel quite strongly about. And and so I, I think there's always a check for me. Yeah. It, when I'm speaking to others who may not have that mental separation to, to say, so the text says the Jews, but what this is saying is the particular, you know, what you just said Neil, in terms of the particular Jewish authorities and the particular context of, of the disciples who were Jewish, Jesus, who was himself Jewish. Um, yes. Yeah, so, so, so yeah, it's a helpful reminder to me to to do that well. And actually that is a helpful reminder that we often need to do that with a, a lot of things that we take for granted. Because we've grown up understanding what these words mean, and, in and the we're context. very
2: susceptible to certain myths that are out there. So we're told that Jews believe that doing good works gets you to to heaven, and that's based on some of our reading on um, of uh, Galatians. That's not true. There are strong elements of grace within Judaism. Uh, we're often told that uh, Jews are the religion of the Old Testament, which once again is not true because it doesn't pay attention to the Talmud and the Mishnah. Um, the the there's something... and there's, there's just a virus. There is a virus, and I use that. There's there's a very disturbing scene in one of the Borat films. I haven't watched much of Borat, but uh, he wanders into a bar in America, and he starts singing a song. Of course, the irony is that Sasha Baron Cohen, who does this, is Jewish. And he sings the first verse, and people are initially quite shocked. By the, the, the fifth chorus, the whole bar is joining in. And you've, you're thinking... That took twenty. That took uh, probably about sixty seconds to inflame anti-Semitism in a in a bar room of people who previously were neutral. So we just got to be constantly watching
0: and alert. to I, I I completely agree. I mean, I have an anecdote about um, going for my lunch in Edinburgh. You know, in Sainsbury's, buying my lunch, and the the person behind the counter who was early twenties, I would say, making a comment. About, yeah, yeah, which I, I had to actually kind of do a double take because it was clearly an anti-Semitic comment. Mm. I don't know if she realized it was an anti-Semitic comment. I'm not going to repeat it. Um, but it really struck me, this is about f- probably 10 years ago, how even somebody who was maybe 20 years younger than me, 15 years younger than me, had a different memory and context for the history of the Second World War probably than I than I did. So I suspect she really didn't. Realize that what the phrase she used was an anti Semitic phrase and was highly offensive actually to anybody and particularly to, to Jewish people. Um, yeah, so there's, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I do feel strongly about this. There's, there's, we have to be alert, don't we, to the re- the repetition of history.
1: And it is taking me back to the the passage in John because when I read this, and the Nathaniel moment, so Nathaniel expresses racist uh, views, um, prejudiced views about people who come from Nazareth when he first heard about Jesus. And Philip's response to him is, come and see. Mm, mm. And is that the answer to prejudice and hatred and racism or bigotry or whatever? Um, You need to come and see. You need to to be with this person. You need to be with these people, just as you said, Neil, be in conversation with Jewish people. is that is that what we need to hear
2: today in holocaust memorial day come and see Mm. yeah it's fascinating the come and see comment i i think is the heart of this verse is this whole passage is about people encountering jesus um in in the raw um and I, i think if anything this speaks to me is it says in every moment of the day how am i encountering jesus how am i seeing jesus um and it, it can be in a mystical sense of simply praying and you know I was out this morning it was a beautiful sunrise and saying, christ you're in the clouds christ you you hold the you're the one who shaped the hills it's in our conversation together it's in how i ordering my day and rather than to to see, i had quite a lot of things on my to do list today is, is rather to ask the question jesus how am i going to walk with you today mm. that completely reframes it yeah. where am i going to meet you um okay. that that old Celtic rune of hospitality, oftly, 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 goes Christ in the stranger's guise. Um, where is where is Christ in the in the encounter that I I have today, particularly someone with, with maybe someone who troubles me? Um, it's yeah, and and it's also um a, a friend of mine. I sent me a text a a few days ago, and she was referring. a colleague of hers with whom she used to be diametrically opposed and might still be on on certain issues. Uh, But she wrote to me and and said, um, uh, X, the name of the person, is currently dog sitting for my two dogs. Uh, I never would have believed it. And I knew the history between the two people. I knew the, the Deeply painful conflict between them and i just texted back And i, I hope i'd talked to you about this before i hope it wasn't a reverend i just said this is jesus up to his usual tricks <laughs> um, I, but i love the fact that, that jesus disturbs us and and is at work in life to undo our undo our prejudices
1: mm. Mm.
0: so it uh, has led us on quite neatly to to these encounters that follow yeah. on from mm. from what john the baptist is, is doing so we have we have Andrew. We think it's potentially John, maybe who's with them. Yeah, initially. there's lots of
2: discussion. It just says two of his disciples, and because it's unnamed, people think well, that that maybe is is John, who at this point is not, not and, the beloved disciple. John the writer, not John, John, the, Baptist. Writer, yeah, John the
0: writer. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. And then of course we have we have Simon Peter, uh, Nathaniel, and Philip. Um, is there anything that we we pick out as being distinctive about any of these individual encounters, or any similarities that we're seeing?
1: Yeah, they are all different. I I I've not had noticed that before. I mean, I know Jesus treats us all as individuals, but uh, it's really clear when you you read them, you know that the for Andrew and whoever it is are you know they're walking behind him and he invites them to come home with them. Where are you, where, are you, where are you living and and they go home and then, uh, Nathaniel, as we've mentioned, has this whole kind of antithesis more than antithesis is quite quite rude and aggressive. And then Philip seems to have to be brought in. Jesus has to go to him and get him. And then you get a lovely. One of the reasons we called our son Andrew is because I love this story so much that the first thing Andrew did was go and get go and get his brother. Yeah. And we want we our prayer. One of our prayers for Andrew was that he would be a boy, a man who would who would who would show other people Jesus. Um, yeah. So the, the, they're just full of, of richness. And as you said, you know, Jesus up to his tricks. You know, doing what he does well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: The, um verse forty two, is it verse forty two, which is the, the, the moment with mm. Simon Peter I was telling you before we started, that's one of my favourite verses. It's a bit of a random verse, that was your favourite verse. But it's just that it's so it's such a distillation, isn't it, of how Jesus is with us. He looks at me and says, He's you are Simon, son of John, but you will be. Cephas fast, yeah. I don't know how you pronounce it, Peter. Yeah. <laughs> And it's, it's that idea, isn't it? That I know everything about you. I know who your father was. It's whole of, you know, I can't, and yeah. all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I know exactly who you are, jo- uh, Simon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just, well, I wasn't doing it. Um, <laughs> I know exactly who you are, you are, Simon, but actually I see in you who you will be. And I think that is how Jesus so often treats us.
2: Yeah, there's a, I, I love that that's your favourite verse. I do love that. Uh, one of your favourite verses. I also love... Um, he does a very similar thing later on with Nathaniel. Nathaniel has said, You know, anything good come out of Nazareth. Mm-hmm. And that, it's such an interesting thing. Nazareth is not mentioned at all in the Old Testament. I look, it's not in any of the lists of anywhere. It's just a completely anonymous place. It's um, like a new
0: town. like the East Co-Bride of its time. Yes. <laughs> 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 Can anything good come out of Cumbernauld? <laughs> oh, girl.
1: Gregory's girl.
0: That's right
2: um yeah the but but jesus said here's a true israelite using the term very positively in whom there's no deceit it's um Mm -hmm. yeah it's, it's jesus seeing the potential of people jesus validating and affirming people and so often don't we we have an image of jesus that if jesus really saw me as i was jesus would immediately condemn me and and yet here is jesus seeing people as they are and and jesus affirms them and welcomes them in and says come and see What's, in a sense, far more important than you examining all your faults for a long, long time? What's far more important is you spend time with me.
0: So is that something? So last last time we talked about the prologue giving us things to look for as we read forward. Mm. Are we setting the challenge this time that um, we want to look for Jesus up to his tricks
2: Yes. as we read through? We <laughs> want to look for Jesus just look for jesus yeah just look
0: for jesus obviously but we're 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 spotting yes up to to these tricks of of identifying in individuals yes um a full knowledge of who they are but also a a knowledge of the potential they hold of what they could be what they will be
1: and Mm. there's a challenge in that for us isn't there in how we speak of and to people you know i i remember i don't know if i've told this story before but a, a young person well she's not young anymore that's what happens if you stop being a young person. Um <laughs> I, I wrote her a thank you letter for something she'd been involved in and I complimented her on her extensive questioning. She was always asking questions about everything. And I, I said how great that is to be a, a questioning person. And she contacted me after she got the letter and said, I've only ever been criticised for asking questions. Mm. I spent my school life being told to stop asking questions. Yeah. Mm. No, I don't know if that's a good example. I mean, I, I didn't think when I wrote that that I was pointing out her potential, uh-huh. <laughs> but it, it's seeing the, it's it's just talking to each other about what it, what we see the goodness and and who we could fully be. The, the, I often think that you know, Jesus calls us to called me to be the best Jane I can be, uh, and how can we help other people be the best them? Yes. Yeah. Yes, it's affirming the image
0: of God too, isn't it? In us. Interesting. Yeah. Uh Neil, you I've written down here, what does hope look like?
2: I think these what what is coming into this text is a whole bunch of hopes of a of a religious revival that's going to come from the Christ or the Messiah. Uh for for some people it's it's maybe going to come through a kind of Elijah figure, so we see both John and Jesus being the people who bear this kind of hope. And when the Jews send priests or the Jewish leaders send priests and Levites, they said, who are you? This is John. He said, I'm not the Messiah. And they say, are you Elijah? Are you, are you, um, and then they, they later on said, You're, they, they talk about Moses as well, I think. Um, no, sorry, just Ma- Messiah and Elijah. But people are wanting this revival of the past. They're wanting this great heroic military Christ figure to come. Uh, later on, a, the Andrew and, and uh, Philip, a, or, or I'm looking at the Nathaniel story, where they they say and we we found him about whom Moses and the law also write about, but he's from Nazareth. There's this sense that that there's a lot of hope here, but it's invested in quite a fixed view of what this Christ figure is going to be, and what Jesus does is he he will meet those hopes he'll surpass them later on he says to nathaniel you're going to see greater things than these but he's going to do it in a way that we don't expect Mm. the way that will be the way of cross rather than the way of of obvious triumph Uh, and so i think there's something here for me about don't ever let go of your hopes of god but be prepared to see them met in a way that you don't expect.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: well and I, I hope that might be and i don't want to sound like it's a cheesy link but i, I hope that might be our experience yeah. actually because I, th- I think it works in the sense of uh as contemporary believers we sometimes come with an expectation of thinking that we know exactly mm. who jesus is and how he works and sometimes i think the hope is that he confounds that actually yeah and mm. um, anything else anybody wants to add in before we think about what we're taking away from today
2: stairway you guys want to talk about stairway
1: yeah you kind of touched on it there um that this is a brilliant ending to the chapter um no he then added i tell you you'll see heaven open and the angels of god ascending and descending on the son of man and taking it back to genesis again which takes it back to the the prologue and that the jacob near the the man who wrestled with god and made so many mistakes, Take that, that vision he had, that this was where God was at Bethel, but here's Jesus saying, I think, <laughs> I, I am now that that place where heaven and earth is connecting, that interchange. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I hadn't thought about that before you said that, Neil, when the, the greatest, it's going to happen all through this gospel, but the greatest interchange is going to be in a cross and in a, a garden with an empty tomb, isn't it? We're going to see God mm-hmm. and, and the angels going up and down. And it's, just, it's a great ending and I've, i think it's been a long time since i've been so excited about reading the bible not excited like woohoo but like, well a wee bit but just like really this is really good and you said in the, that in the last podcast neil you know how important reading john's gospel had been a, a number of years ago for you and you hope that would be true again and I, mm. I feel just in a different place reading this than i've ever mm-hmm. been before mm-hmm. it's good
0: that's great right so what we're we going to take away
2: no it's the thing about encounter isn't it it's it's that's the thing i'm just thinking to myself where's jesus today how can i where's he saying to me come and see
0: yeah i want to go and think about the idea of the Lamb of God being in the, the Lamb of God taking away the sins of the world being the essence of of Jesus Christ mm. as well as an event. So that, yeah, that's yeah. my thing to go and mull over.
1: Jen, if you yeah, the the, the point you'll said about the Jesus up to his tricks because uh, well I think I know some of them that are coming, but it's given me a pers- a different perspective on them. Yeah. You know where we're going in the next few chapters. So he? do, does lots of great stuff in right. unexpected ways. Good, Always.
0: <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff.
1: Well, in the meantime, Jen, do you have?
0: gem for us
1: of course I was thinking about this testimony of John and how he was able to talk about Jesus in a pressurized situation and then I was thinking about the importance of testimony I know sometimes historically we thought of testimony being this is who I was I met Jesus this is who I am but when I think of testimony now I think more about just being able to talk about our story of what our relationship with Jesus is and what that means in our day-to-day life and the things we the problems we face and the joys we experience and when we're working with children and young people we need and across generations it's really important that we share these stories between each other and we hear what it means to follow god but sometimes that's a leap too far for lots of people so really what my gem is today is to play games <laughs> board games running about games and we sometimes put games or oh, that's what children do but actually adults and children and young people older people sitting down and playing a game together is really profound and it, I think it helps if you if you're involved in youth ministry or children's ministry or all age ministry and you don't have a stack of games good card games uno avocado smash i could go on in there and there'd be recommended <laughs> games but anyway um if you don't have these kind of games get some because if if conversation is stilted you don't really know what to say Games bring you together. You laugh together. Your weaknesses are exposed when you're incompetent at a game. You're, you know, if you're competitive, that all comes out. But you talk with each other and you laugh, and barriers are broken down. And so I think playing games are great in themselves, but they also help take that step to talk about other stuff and to share our story of what it means to follow God today. So play games. That's my gem.
0: That's. I mean, that's you're preaching to the choir here because I'm a big <laughs> advocate of play being an important yeah. part of learning and healing. Neil is waving his hand. I
2: know. I'm very wary about jumping into Jane's gems. So, Jen, we've um, we've been doing a youth group, which is a new world for us for the last um, since September, um, and we played a, conf- a game called Confidence with them on, I don't on know that Sunday night. You game? It's it kind of a quiz game, but you have to guess a range. What would be if you were to name your I don't know top five? games for working with young people, which which ones what, would you go what for? What kind of
1: games do you want? Are you wanting games like uh, you buy? We, we're all
2: in a front room together. We've got about 20 minutes to half an hour. We've got completely we've got people from S1 to S6. Okay. Um, some people like quizzes, but but not everybody does. So, um, yeah. But
1: if you're talking about board, uh, board game, card games, I'll go with them for this week. I can do other kind yeah. of games. I mean, uh, other you weeks. you know that I could
0: tell you drama games as
1: well. Yeah, yeah. Lots of games. Um... So, card game, board game, sit in the lounge. Definitely get Avocado Smash. Okay. and But use the adult rules. That sounds really dodgy, but it just brings an extra dimension to it. Okay. Um, it's not dodgy at all. Um,
2: avocado <laughs> Smash.
1: Yeah, there's a really good new version of Harry Potter Uno, which takes Uno to a new level as well, if you're okay with the Harry Potter stuff. Um, uh, jungle Speed. I'm always beaten by young people at Jungle Speed. They're so much better at it than me. Um... Another one. Um, oh, Double, if you haven't got Double. Oh, amazing. I hate Double. Do you? Oh, I think that's it's do I, I think I, know, I, really I but my daughter and I amazing
2: it at really, it.
0: Is she, you know, I think you have to think a certain way. Yeah, and it brings in lots of different people, though I find
1: certain Oh, yes, some sure does. It, yeah. I just personally hate it because I can't wait. <laughs> I it
2: because <laughs> you're not good at it. Uh, fa- five,
1: <laughs> five second rule. That's a good one as well. What's what
2: that? was that?
1: Five second rule. Right, that's five five but i think i've done five games and my fifth game was five second rule
2: oh five second rule
1: and is that about
0: food on the floor because <laughs> i was no, listening no. to more or less yesterday and they they've, they say that the five second rule or the ten second rule or whatever that that's uh absolute hokum
2: is it urban yes. myth
1: <laughs> yes <laughs> no five second rule nothing to do with food it's about naming some, the things in five seconds <laughs> that's very good <laughs> So that's kind of games you can buy are good to have and you can carry around you in your rucksack in your bag. Um, but then there's other games where we could do that another time. Good. Well, listen, whenever, we, whenever
0: we've stopped that gem because we went on and on about games <laughs> paper, but it was really excellent. So and how well, important playing games are? Very important. Very good. important. Um, anyway, thank you very much everybody for joining us. Uh, next time we're going to be talking about John Chapter 2. So that's Weddings, Wine and Signs was what I wrote down like that weddings wines and signs um so you can catch up in advance by reading john chapter two uh, either from your own bible or from light and life which you can order from Scottish Stock Bible. but until then uh, both of you goodbye goodbye bye <laughs> and goodbye to everybody else <laughs>